Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Hello. Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. Oh, I didn't check Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Twister, you can do it. I'm Tony. <laughs> Each of us has a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I'll move it to the regular I have ones. drama and romance. Oh, my God. I have a headache. <laughs> <laughs> Each of us picks a specific movie <laughs> genre, and uh, <laughs> then we pick a movie from it, and then that's what we do. What are you about? Okay. I lost a Reese's Pieces. Yeah, you did. I don't know where it went. I don't see it either. Maybe it's under the turtle. Um, anyways, happy end of June, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't remember. Is this a birthday pick or not? No, it's not. <laughs> no, we haven't recorded in a while. Okay. So our last episode of June, and okay. then we will kick off Elaine's birthday okay. with my birthday with pick. Your, That's why it's so important. <laughs> so hard. So today's pick on the podcast is Harley's pick <laughs> for June. <laughs> We're gonna do 2004's Wimbledon, <laughs> which was written by Adam Brooks. Welcome back to the podcast from Definitely Maybe. Uh huh. Also written by Jennifer Flackett and her husband Mark Levin, mm-hmm. who have the same credits. They wrote 2008's Journey to the Center of the Earth and The mm-hmm. Adam Project. Good plot, plot course. Adam Project's mm-hmm. a good movie. <laughs> it's directed by Richard Loncrane, who directed Five Flights Up. I saw some, like, some of the people in the reviews mm-hmm. talked about how it was advertised as being from the same people who did Notting Hill, but there's nobody on this movie that did Notting Maybe Hill. the producer. Maybe. Maybe the producer. Because <laughs> there was... Somebody that we talk about. Or executive producer. They did use the yeah. same set for mm-hmm. Hugh Grant's house as they did yeah. for... Maybe it's the Paul same Bettany's production. House. But it might be the same production company. Maybe. I was like, there's... I don't know anything about, you know, English production companies. I don't either. So we are starring Paul Bettany. Welcome back to the podcast from A Knight's Tale and Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. He actually got the role of Jarvis because he worked with John Favreau here. John Favreau remembered that he liked his voice <laughs> when they were cast. He had the best job ever. <laughs> no, Vin Diesel. I'm Groot. All right, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> well, but then he, then he, uh, when he got the call for Ultron, he he was pretty much going to quit acting because nobody would hire him. And he said, he said he sat on a doorstep and started crying because his agent said, "Look, I gotta let you go because nobody wants anything to do with you anymore." And then right then, Joss Whedon called him and said, hey, man, do you want to be Ultron? Or do you want to be uh, Vision? Jarvis. Because yeah. you did Jarvis and it's kind of a thing. He said, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm going to do it. I exactly. love Paul Bettany. He's such a great actor. He too. is. Nobody wants to hire him? I don't know. They said his career was going to shit. It was just... It was well, now I'm curious. I, I gotta saw look that at his interview, interview mm-hmm. too. So. Yeah, you watched it. Also starring Kirsten Dunst. Welcome back to the podcast from Mona Lisa Smile, an interview with the vampire. Mm-hmm. We also have John Favreau. Welcome back to the podcast from Chef Iron Man 2, Elf, The Replacements. And he was also in Batman Forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. He's been well, on a lot. He's probably just the back. Sam Neal, welcome back to the podcast from The Hunt for the Wilder People and Daybreakers. James McAvoy, welcome back to the podcast from It 2. And also, Nikolai Coster Waldo is Jamie Lannister. <laughs> and he's, I was, I was not going to mention him, but he's very much in this movie. Yeah. He's all Benny's best friend. <laughs> okay, can you stop rubbing your head on me? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't recognize him without a sister strapped to him. Oh. Paul Bettany 
<laughs> did four movies in 2000. <laughs> and then he did sorry. three movies in 2001. Two movies in 2002. And he worked pretty steady. This was 2004. Then in 2006, he did The Da Vinci Code. And then he didn't work again until 2008 when he did the voice of Jarvis and The Secret Life of Bees. <laughs> oh, also he's an in Inkart, wherever that is. Then he did some... <laughs> 2010, he was in Legion. But yeah, he didn't and do the a lot there for years. And then he was 2011, he was Priest... Yeah, also, those are all shit movies. Yeah, He's those like are all crashing. like look at it. Yeah. He also yeah. did a movie then, called Margin Call, which was really good, but he was no one's really in it very much. It's oh, like yeah. one of those ensemble movies. Uh, and then okay, so then the, we got the Avengers, and then he does this movie Blood. Then we have Blood. Iron Man three, and then he's in Transcendence and Mordecai. But that's kind of when Johnny Depp's career was also taking a nose Damn it, Johnny. Down. I like Transcendence, but it's a terrible movie. I've almost done it from the podcast a couple times. <laughs> I also it's like Transcendence. It's real bad. Oh, you I saw like it? it. Uh-huh. Oh. I've never seen it. Okay, anyway, Paul Bittany's been in a bunch of shit since then. He's... John's seen it too, but I don't think he remembers it. His career has gone back in the upswing. Yeah. And we appreciate that because we love him. Yep. All right. He's so... really not doing much of anything that isn't Marvel related, though. Unfortunately for him. Except for Jennifer Connelly. Hey. <laughs> All right, well. K. Ragrat, or Cragrat, mm-hmm. says, one out of ten, two professional tennis players fall in love during the professional t- tennis event. Very disappointing. I can usually find something in a romantic comedy to like. I love Wimbledon, the tournament. I like Paul Bettany and Kirsten Dunst, but I could find nothing about this movie to like. The action isn't that real. It is neither funny nor romantic. The film really has no feeling whatsoever. I didn't root for them when they were playing in the match. I didn't root for the romance. I just kept waiting for the movie to begin. I felt like I was watching a 90-minute trailer. In fact, I like the trailer better than the movie. It just never got going. Very poor job. He didn't even <laughs> like it when James McAvoy kept falling off his bike because I got to tell you, that was cracking me up. <laughs> point where I was like, did this need to be in the movie? Yes, I think it did, actually. (laughs) On the other hand, Mystery Angel 12 said 10 out of 10. There aren't many tennis movies, so when one does come out, tennis fans are quick to see it and quick to judge it. As well as being a movie about Britain's famous Wimbledon tennis tournament, it's a romantic comedy. I think a lot of people who see the movie and are disappointed with the so-called lack of tennis scenes are forgetting that the movie is also about the romance between the two tennis players. I loved the movie. I thought it was quirky, romantic, and fun. There are heaps... What is that? An eyelash? Oh, okay. I thought it was a bug! I thought it it was a mosquito or something biting you. (laughs) Eyelash. First, I thought it was a spider. Then I thought it was a mosquito oh, biting God. him. It, it looks is. very scary. <laughs> but, but I couldn't tell. I was like, if it's a black widow, I don't want to startle him because I don't want him biting John. Ugh. I put false eyelashes on John for the wedding, and I trimmed them. And those must have been stuck. I had all the stuff here. I must have been stuck to the table. That's oh funny. God! Lost my favorite pair oh. of tweezers. Brought home the tr- eyelash trimmings. Okay. Good God. So this movie has a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score of 59%, a 59 Metacritic, and a 6.3 on IMDb. Ooh, just skirting the edge. It had a budget of $31 million, worldwide gross of $41 million, So that's a flop. <laughs> I, I, well, I was just... She hadn't done the whole thing yet. All right, what'd you think going in, John? I thought, hey, I've heard of this. I've seen this. 
<laughs> okay, what about you, Toby? I was like, I've heard of this. I don't remember if I've seen it or not. And I thought I did, but then when I watched it, I hadn't. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. What about you, Elaine? Oh, ooh, I really like this movie. Love Paul Bettany. And I picked this because Elaine suggested it. I did not watch it before I picked it. So. Oh, you've never seen it? I thought going in that this movie... <laughs> was about Paul Bettany's character being kind of washed up uh-huh. and having to take a job training and he had to train her. <laughs> you thought it was going to be a coach romance. Yes. <laughs> I'm closer to Tin Cup. Mm. So that's, I legit was very surprised by this movie because it's not what I thought it was. <laughs> How many times did you watch it? Uh, three. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Once through... Hmm. Wants to take my notes, and then I watched it when Tony watched it. So, three times. Um, so, the uh, opening credits are done like a tennis match, with the sound of the ball going back and forth as words appear on one side and then the other. I didn't like this. I found it jarring. But, once they added the people and the people were looking, I kind of got into it. But in the no. beginning, I was like, that's annoying. Oh, and it's like jumping? <laughs> But I know you like stuff like that, so I thought I would mention it. Just I liked me. it once the people got into it, and you could see them looking back and forth. But in the beginning, I was like, "Ugh, why are they doing this?" <laughs> it hurts my eyes. It hurts I, my ears. I barely noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peter starts the story with a voiceover explaining that most tennis players dream of winning a Grand Slam, being number one. But most players will never experience this. Most will be more like him. He's won a little bit. At one point, he was 11th in the world, but he's getting old and tired and is currently ranked 119th. He's also 31. (laughs) That's like ancient. It's about time to retire. The young guys have way more energy than he does. He's afraid of what's going to happen. What after? What happens next? (laughs) His life is over. So that's how, that's his mentality going in. <laughs> I looked because I was curious. He's 11 years older than Kirsten Dots. Mm-hmm. Kirsten or Kirsten? At first, Christina. Tony was like, what is she, 16? <laughs> I was like, she no, looks like a little she's kid. She's 20. <laughs> but I guess if he's been playing pro tennis for what, 11 years, I said? Oh, no, he's been playing for a long time. But yeah, like since he was a, a teenager. He was 11th at his height. Oh, that was it. Let He's probably saved, you know, probably not a, a you know, fuck you money, but I'll let him. He'll be okay. Oh. If you're 11th in the world, you're probably doing pretty good. D- did fairly well in some tournaments, and after this movie, he's fine. <laughs> but I don't know if this movie takes place in 2004. I don't know exactly, like, they yeah. said he was 11th in 96. So we, it's been a few years since he was... <laughs> Do the math. You do the math. I don't think he's making a lot of money at 119. No, no. I mean, he can coach people. Yeah. Well, that's what doing, he's what I thought living this movie was of, about. He probably does enough to where that's he doesn't have to work. Yeah. Other than this, like this, he can do commentary. He can do. This is his yeah, full time job. Is that he play goes and plays tennis, yeah. and he probably comes in, you know, not well, but pays the bills. There's a country club that really wants to hire him as their tennis director. Um, he but tours the property, like meets that. some of the patrons, and then he says he's going to accept the job. A year, whatever. <laughs> when he's done at Wimbledon, he has a wild card spot at Wimbledon. And after he competes, this is his last competition. He's retiring, and he'll come work at this country club, teaching old ladies how to play tennis. 
He thinks about what makes a good tennis player turn into a winning tennis player. It's not how they play, it's maybe a hunger, and he's never really been hungry. And then he pulls up at his parents' house, and it looks like something out of a Regency <laughs> estate. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he talks about how he doesn't have a lot of support from his family. His mother... We meet while he's cycling and watching, watching porn. porn. Wait a minute. Is that <laughs> Professor Xavier? <laughs> his parents are fighting. Um, he's never won a match at Wimbledon with his family present, so he didn't get them tickets. His dad appears to be moving into the treehouse because he saw his mom snogging some dude in the parking lot at their club. She wanted him to see it, though. She wanted to jumpstart something, get him out of his funk. That's not how you do that. <laughs> so when, and Elaine's like, you moving to a treehouse? Maybe. <laughs> You're slogging some dude in the parking lot. His dad thinks he should have moved into the treehouse years ago. <laughs> we have a nice tree right there. You cannot build a treehouse in that tree. Why not? Because our trees are not good. We should get all the trees in our backyard removed. Hey. Every time a branch falls, it's all riddled. It's... Two? three there's a pine tree i'm looking there's two box elders (laughs) and a pine tree but every time it rains we have these big branches that come down and they're all riddled with holes like they're infested with something well probably box elder beetles (laughs) because that's what's all over the backyard those little red beetles so i'm assuming those are box elders and they're infested with box elder beetles or termites (laughs) or something but they're not healthy trees we should get them removed thousand dollars a tree at the cheapest you want to cough that up no but i'm just telling you that i know there's a problem moving on (laughs) okay um his mom tells him that he is a truly great tennis player and she's upset that he didn't get them tickets to come see him play he arrives at the hotel is given keys to a suite on the top floor with great views. And he's like, hey, hey, I think there's something wrong. But the chick answers the phone and she ignores is like, him. she's like, go away. Move it along. <laughs> so he goes up to the room. He walks inside and it is insane. This room is huge. There's a full dining room, living room. And he walks in and there's somebody in the shower. And he's like, this thing open. has everything. And I love this room. Woman. He even comes with his own kissed and dirtsed. Whatever her name is. Kirsten Dunst. Like, what, they weren't kidding about the views. <laughs> so, true question. Think it's a butt double? No. She did good. some she extensive physical training for this movie. So she probably was like, nah, whatever. She's like, no, you we need to check. We don't see anything, just she, the outline. Right. <laughs> She's probably in a bathing suit or something. One of those skin suits? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh... She does not seem upset that he has walked into her room. No, she, she just walks, puts a towel on and is she like... She walks around in plain view and then puts a towel on. I'm like, oh, he got a like, hey, this is my room. And he's like, you know, that makes sense because I, I asked for a much more modest room. <laughs> and uh, he awkwardly says he'll go down and thank them for this mistake. And he accidentally walks into the kitchen instead of the door because this place is huge. It's like, that's a lovely kitchen. <laughs> You really like your backyard, though. Mm-hmm. When he gets to his room, it's more like what you expect when you rent a single room in an older hotel. It's very small, bed, table, desk, bathroom. Um, he sees her on a TV interview and learns that she is Lizzie Bradbury, and she's an American here to win Wimbledon. 
for of the women's championship. She has a reputation for disrupting the game and disagreeing with chair um umpires. She prefers to focus on her game and not let personal things distract her. She doesn't answer personal questions during interviews. He goes to practice and sees his good friend Dieter Prohl, a German tennis player, who's his practice partner. Dieter can't hang out tonight because he has a date and might get laid. Peter says he needs to practice to serve anyway, and he has like an armload of empty cans mm -hmm. that he lays or puts down and he hits them with his serves. And as he's doing that, Lizzie hits one and then introduces herself as, you know, aren't you the dude that walked into my hotel room earlier? <laughs> He's like, I'm not sure. Take off your clothes. Yep, that's you. <laughs> and then they start betting. I bet you can't hit one. I bet you $5 or whatever. I bet you 10 bucks. you can't hit two in a row. Bet you fish and chips. Yeah. And then the last one she says after she does win fish and chips from him. After that, though, she says, hit this one and I'll sleep with you. But he misses by a mile. And hits some dude in the she head. She says, too bad. <laughs> like you could use the workout. <laughs> Lizzie plays first, and we see her argue with the chair umpire about a ball being out. She yells and questions him and then makes a gesture with her racket as she walks back to serve. The players against her seem uncomfortable with her behavior. And that's one thing she said in the interview. Like, yes, it helps me, like helps fuel me when you know when they make a bad call and I yell at them it's part of the it's part of how I play and the lady was like other uh players don't like it and she's like well you know, I mean if it disrupts their like game that's, that's not my problem kind of American players are real famous for being more disruptive and disrespectful <laughs> just kind of in general Johnny McEnroe we have different kinds of our just Americans in general have different <laughs> kinds of Sportsmanship. That's true. As in, like, none. <laughs> no, but... That's why they never invite us to play feathers. But you can see the lady she's playing against is like, oh, no, what is she doing? And that might knock her off her game. And maybe this is a thing she does on purpose. Well, like I, said, like I was saying before, they always uh, give a shit. You know, like... Your hair is too long, Andres, Andres Sagi, <laughs> Serena Williams, you can't wear black, and you know, they're always, you can't wear this, you can't do that. So I have all these arbitrary all these rules. weird rules mm -hmm. that, traditions and stuff. And we're that like, don't have anything to do with anything. We don't anything. care about none yeah. of that stuff. <laughs> you guys still have a queen. That's true. So. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have a queen anymore, they have a king now. Well, all hell the king. They Peter and Dieter <laughs> talk about that's their upcoming matches. She's up there. As they get food. She had a hell of a ring. Okay. Peter's going up against a very young guy who beat the crap out of Dieter in Bogota. And then Prince Charles was like, I don't need to be king. And, oh, she did. I will be king. And they're like, all right, <laughs> change that tune quick as fuck. Well, the like, only reason I will be king for a long time, yeah. but I'll be king. Yeah. The only reason she reigned that long is because it was after the Industrial Revolution. If this was 300 years ago, they would have assassinated her a long time ago. Well, she was a queen young and then lived long. Yeah, but you, but they just didn't More do that. More civilized age. Yeah, there's less. That's because we're in there's modern less chance times. Of, uh, of taking the monarchy by conquest. And the monarchy has lost. They they're not in power like yeah. they used to be either. If they if she had been in power this whole time, yeah, it wouldn't matter. She somebody would. They would have killed her. Yeah, somebody would have uh, dropped her. Yeah, it would have been her her son. Yeah. She's just a figurehead at this point, so who cares? All right. So they hope Peter can teach this young dude a lesson in humility, but he should watch out for the backhand. 
Peter's brother Carl bets against him for the first match. He rides his bike dick. to the betting station. He falls <laughs> off of it. <laughs> and I kind of wish we had just gotten a little bit. Um, is Carl training for the Tour de France? Like, what is he? Is he a professional cyclist? Doesn't look like he it. He keeps falling off his fucking bike, and he's wearing those um, shirts like he's sponsored or whatever, like he's some kind of sponsored cyclist. But, like, could sponsored I get... Sponsored cyclists don't fall off their bike. I just wanted a, a little lot. a little bit, uh, just one throwaway line about his cyclist career. The impression that I got was his brother is a famous professional tennis player, and he's like, I ride my bike. I could, you know. <laughs> I know it's like he kind of aspires to be at I don't that know. level, but I he's just wish, definitely I not. wish we had got the throwaway line about Carl because Carl was very entertaining <laughs> on all fronts. She was queen for seventy years. God, mm. good for her. The longest of any British monarch, <laughs> and so, the longest verified reign of any female head of state in history. What's the longest verified reign of any male state of? No, it doesn't say that on Wikipedia. <laughs> All right, so years. as Peter walks out Can you onto the court, seventy years of, of just being, being queen. queen. <laughs> she has no idea what the reality yeah. is like. She lived on a different planet. Yeah, of people not being able to look her in the eyes or mm-hmm. speak until she speaks to them and all that. Weird Sitting thing. down, Lu- wait for her to eat. Yeah. Oh, King Louis the Fourteenth was the longest reigning mar- monarch, having served for more than seventy-two years after taking the throne God. at the age of. Four. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're like a... Well... Yeah. All right, Joffrey. Mm-hmm. All right, so as Bye Peter boy. walks out onto the court, he's like, okay, this is it, my last professional match ever. He's like, like oh. hopefully I don't lose immediately and I can at least draw it out a little bit so it's not embarrassing. I mean, he still got to Wimbledon, so... Yeah. He, Wild she, King Louis beat Queen Elizabeth by two years. Oh, she oh, wow. almost had it. If we'd have known, we'd have pulled for her. Not that it would have mattered, but <laughs> no. it would have been cool to, to be alive in the longest reigning monarch ever happened. Would it? Yeah. Okay. Why not? Why? All right. So there's a ball boy there that he meets, I don't and think Charles the ball is boy make the wishes him mark. <laughs> his dad watches the match on a little tiny TV in the treehouse while his mother gardens and pretends not to listen. His dad is thrilled because he wins. And it's through round one. Ooh. And his yeah. mother is like, not interested, even though she's definitely listening. Yeah. This is Peter's 13th Wimbledon, and he tries to announce at the press conference after the match that it will be his last as he is retiring. Yeah, those six reporters that were there. But Jake comes in. He is another famous American who's expected to win. And he walks by, and all the reporters turn to him, so nobody's really listening when Peter announces his retirement. So, um, later we see Lizzie arrives, and Jake tries and fails to get her attention. He tries, every time he sees her, he tries to get her attention, and she ignores him. When Peter gets back to his room, he has a message from Lizzie inviting him to her room at 7 for the fish and chips. And he's like, oh, shit, like he forgot. <laughs> or he didn't think that was ever actually going to happen. Like, That's not real. That but was she's so like, good. look, dude, 7 o'clock, fish and chips, you owe me. So he rushes to get ready. He leaves a little piece of tissue on his face because he cuts himself shaving. When he gets to her room, she has the TV on. And the news story, there's a comet, apparently, that's going to be visible for the next two weeks. So, Comet Kowalski. Oh, maybe. Comet Kowalski, yeah. <laughs> I feel like... Whenever John does the toilet paper square, he always used the whole square. 
Like it wasn't like a tiny little dot that you might forget about. It was like he just stuck the whole square of toilet paper there. Huh. Left it on there for 30 seconds and peeled it off. <laughs> well, John doesn't half-ass things. so He doesn't off. He doesn't the shave anymore, though. He's, he's gone. I don't want your life. <laughs> he's gone full beard, and it's fine. But I'd, I feel like I remember him just taking, sticking the whole square on there. <laughs> Which would mean you wouldn't walk out the house with that That's on your true. face. You would, it's you probably would a better it. system. You at least see it out of your periphery. <laughs> All right. So, she tells him that she's not ready to eat. She hasn't worked up enough of an appetite. That, that's a section, but right there, right. She's like, I'm not ready for that. She asks him where he comes down on the fooling around before a match debate. And he's like, I did not really ever research that, uh, but I would try it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, she... She's like, let's go. And they do some hibbity and some dibbity. Sounds like this was part of her uh, routine. Feels like it. Yes. Later, as they eat fish and chips, she tells him that no one can know about them sleeping together during the tournament. They agree to keep it light and secret. Yeah, this is definitely part of her her deal, her process. The next day, Peter is so tired and it's showing as he plays a French player. Lizzie comes by to watch and cheer him on. The ladies at the club are watching too. During a break, he accepts that this is it. He made it through round one, but he's not making it through round two. (laughs) And the the guy he's playing is like... He won the French Open. Yeah, he's like, he's a really good player. It's not like he's losing to, you know, some schlub. Yeah. But then he hears Lizzie hollering for him, and he makes a comeback. (laughs) He's like, I wonder if I can get some more action. Peter acknowledges that this is the ball boy is the same as the last match, and then he wins. He looks up as Lizzie is pulled away by her father. In the press conference after the match, they're like, well, we didn't expect to have another one with you, and he's like, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) We all thought the last one was the last one we were ever going to have. And they ask him how he feels about his next opponent, and he's like, I don't even know who my next opponent is. And they're like, it's your practice partner and best friend. And he's like, oh. (laughs) And Alanis always pays his debts. That's right. And then we cut to he and Dieter talking about it. And Dieter's like rubbing his elbow. And he's like, you got a sore elbow there? He's like, I can't tell you anything like that. You use it against me. He's like, I would never. Is your shoulder okay? (laughs) (laughs) They just kind of mess with each other. They're still going to practice together. They're still going to stick to the routines and superstitions. Dieter's really into the superstitions. Peter calls. Yes, he is. Yeah. (laughs) He even shits the same. When he's at a tournament. Peter never thought of that. It's brilliant. <laughs> Peter calls Lizzie's room and asks if she'd like a repeat of the night of the other night fish and chips early to bed. And then realizes he's talking to her father. And he's like, oh, hi. <laughs> Whoops. He goes to some, like, I don't know, luncheon thing. And he looks around for Lizzie and doesn't see her. He runs into her father, who's like, hey, look, stay away from my daughter. <laughs> She's on a roll. You're a distraction. Stop looking for her. Stop talking to her. Stop anything that has to do with her. And then there's a rain delay. Mm -hmm. Peter and Dieter are talking. It was like they were going to play. And now there's a delay. Um, Lizzie's car pulls up. She beckons Peter to join her. They go out for sushi. And she tells him that she knew exactly who he was when he came into her hotel room the first day. She saw him play last year. A ball girl got hit. Um, 
and he gallantly carried her from the court. He had been playing beautifully up until then, but then lost spectacularly. And she's like, I couldn't get it out of my head. How, how, what kind of asshole plays so well and then spectacularly loses? So he tells her that he thinks she's helping him. He was losing the last match until he knew she was watching. They spend the afternoon and evening together, walking and talking. They see the comet, make a wish, talk about how it's tough playing against friends. She's like, this is why I don't have friends in tennis, because I don't want to have to kill them on the court. And he's like, kill them? And she's like, yeah, you're, you're going to, one of you guys is going to beat the other one at Wimbledon and knock them out. You're killing each other out there. <laughs> and you travel together, you practice together, you practically live together, and you're, one of you guys has to win. Um, so she, he, she's like, can you do it? And then as we, t as they talk about it, we see the match begin and Peter wins. Uh, when Carl turns up at the betting place, he learns that Peter decimated Dieter. Carl is pissed. Peter can usually be relied upon to lose and win him some money. <laughs> but it's not happening this and time. all the betting people are making fun of Carl. Like, how, you, how can you possibly be he's betting like, against your brother? He's never let me he's down like, It's a good bet. <laughs> so... He's got to go out and drug him. <laughs> <laughs> After the match, Peter and Dieter have a steam, and Dieter tells him that while he may have beaten the crap out of him, they are not finished. They're still practice partners, and Dieter's going to stay there until Peter gets knocked out or wins. He's like, look, uh, Peter tries to say the score wasn't that close, and he's like, no, man, you killed me out there. Something was different about the way you were playing. You annihilated me. It was like you were hitting from the soul. And he's like, oh, shit, that woman. He's <laughs> like, I have a new routine, and I want to keep doing it. And Peter's like, do you think I would really get involved with a woman? And he's like, yes. <laughs> you right. When Peter gets back to his room, he has eight messages this time. And as he's listening to them, his agent, who he hasn't heard from in a year, shows up. And Ron's like, look, because he's like, why are you here? You're not my agent anymore. He's like, sure I am. And it's John Favreau. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like, I called you a year and a half ago, and I'm still waiting on the return phone call. And he's like, look, the truth is, I can't sell. What does it say? I wrote it down. I can't sell you when you're not doing anything. I can't sell a product that doesn't exist. You're existing again, so I'm back to sell you again. He's like, and it could end tomorrow. So I just think we should put some money in your pocket today, right now, while we can. Which is not, he's not, not wrong. wrong. And he's like, all right, but I'm not giving you 10%. He's like, you got to give me 10%. He's like, I'll give you five. He's like, all right, fine. I'll give you five. five is good. I'll take five from you. It's only going to be for one night, you know. <laughs> uh, they go to a dinner that night, and Ron introduces Lizzie to Peter. And he represents quite a few of the players at Wimbledon, including Jake, the, um, the American who's projected to win. Later, while overlooking the city, Jake comes up and tries to talk to Lizzie. He's left her quite a few messages, and she hasn't gotten back to him. And she's like, huh, what do you know? <laughs> do you think she slept with him before? Maybe. I did think that. <laughs> Just didn't get her where she needed to go, I guess. Or, or if her just... thing was, I pick a rando dude and I sleep with them before each match, and then I never sleep with them or talk to them again. Mm -hmm. If and that's her good luck, if that's her, if that's her routine, 
that she does for luck. He may have caught feelings or wanted to do this at every tournament. Yeah, he <laughs> might have thought that would do it again. And she must have beer flavored nipples or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe sleeping with her is what helps guys win. I don't know. <laughs> Scott. They could have banged out at any number of tournaments, I guess, leading up to Wimbledon. So, he and Peter have met before once when Jake beat him last year. Jake quickly figures out that Lizzie and Peter are sleeping together and says some not nice things about how the rumors must be true. She's a cheap little... Peter punches him out. Blah. <laughs> Jake goes down and Peter's like, oh my god, that hurt. I've never hit anybody before. <laughs> And they run out of there, and she's like, nobody's ever fought for my honor before. They run to Peter's car and drive away. Peter drives them all the way back home to Brighton, which is more than an hour. (laughs) So I was like, damn. They talk about their parents. Hers are divorced. Um, His aren't, but probably should be. They talk about how they love the tour. There's always another airport, hotel, person to spend time with. They go back to his place, and they're making out, starting to strip in the foyer. But then they realize that the house is not empty. Carl is there, <laughs> giving the lady from the betting place a tour. She has her camera, and they're holding some of his trophies. <laughs> and uh, She's holding his Peter's penis. like, what are you doing? And the lady is like, ooh, ooh, can I take your picture? And he's like, no. <laughs> and Lizzie's just laughing. And Peter kicks him out. Two more people come out uh, like, up from the betting place. <laughs> I'm sorry, you only have six people there. Shale, cut it out. Are they personal pan size? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Peter kicks him out. And Carl pops his head back in and says, you might want to change the sheets. <laughs> and runs away. Gross. <laughs> At least Carl warned him that. And yeah, you know what? Lizzie good, that's a good it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> While you're in a town, your brother brings women back to your house. <laughs> and they're fans of tennis, so he's showing them. It's not like he just pretends it's his house. He's like, no, this is my brother's house. <laughs> and we're going to bone him. I mean, his, his brother's a straight-up guy, really, you know? Yeah. I mean, he bets on his brother to lose because his brother loses, and he <laughs> brings people back to him because they like tennis, like, you know, and warns him he's not a bad guy. Yeah. No, he's not. So they eat and spend the night. The next morning, Lizzie calls her dad and leaves a message about how she's sorry, but she needed to do this, and she'll see him tomorrow morning. Peter wakes up, and they go for a workout around Brighton that seems to last all day. I usually run 10 miles before tennis? Yeah. <laughs> all right, psycho. And they they start when they wake up, and by the, then we it's dark out. <laughs> I mean, they're out running around. Beat around town I mean, they're not bit. like seriously yeah. working it's, out. You know, they they got a you know um, coitus later. At too. least stop and eat or something, but, which no, they sure probably they do. I'm but. Sure. We just hanging out montage with some interspersed with some jogging. Yeah. So they probably did <laughs> ten miles eventually. <laughs> <laughs> just took them the whole day. <laughs> so it's how That's long the best take montage ever. <laughs> Friends, go back listen to Chasing Amy if you don't get that reference. So that night they're still out and come across the courts where Peter's dad Chill. taught him how to play tennis. Stop yelling at the dog during the podcast. They play an imaginary set. Peter tells Lizzie that he's retiring after Wimbledon. Win or lose, no matter what, this is it. He's done. She can't seem to believe that since he's doing so well. And then they see the comet again and make out. 
Please pet your dog. The next morning, Carl is up and at the betting place when it opens. He's betting 100 quid against Peter. Where did you get 100 quid? <laughs> Photojournalism. Photojournalism. He sold that photo yeah. to the press. Maybe <laughs> we don't get to see the photo, though. Yeah, we do. I didn't see it. Yeah, we do. Oh, maybe I was... It's I, on the news or in a newspaper or something. It's oh. in the uh, apartment. Oh, I must, have, I must have missed it. Yeah. So, Peter makes breakfast and he... For he and Lizzie, and then they are watching the news, and and he's like, "Man, that actor really looks like your dad, and that <laughs> house really looks, looks like, like oh shit! <laughs> Put your pants on, because all he's wearing is a blazer." <laughs> and I he's said, "He's it." Welcome back to the podcast from Notting Hill. Reporters finding them at at this particular house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and welcome back to the podcast, Pooh <laughs> They freak a bit, quickly get dressed. Peter lets no, they freaked already. That's how, yeah. that's how they got the no pants on. Hey. Peter lets her dad in, and he's like, where's Lizzie? And she's like, actually, she left. She wanted to get back, so <laughs> you guys can practice this morning. <laughs> and she wanted to work on her first serve, because her dad says that her first serve gets all mushy. Yeah. Uh, her dad is like, look, dude, I don't have a problem with you, but this is different. Lizzie likes to have her fun. <laughs> and Lizzie's like behind him shaking her head. <laughs> it's like my daughter likes to go there and throw it out. Whatever. <laughs> but I can tell that she she has feelings for you. She's falling for you. And uh, she's had flings in the past. They help her relax. No big deal. But this is different. Her footwork is off. Her serve is a mess. She needs to stop letting you distract her. Lizzie but, comes out and she's like. I still want this. And she's like, yeah, I want to win. So you're right, Daddy. I'm going to leave with you, and Peter, I'll talk to you when the tournament's over. And that's it. <laughs> and he's like, you're really leaving with him? You're, a, you're an adult woman. And she's like, but he's right. <laughs> I need to focus on the game, and I'm letting you distract me. Um, and she's like, we can be together after the tournament, but right now, I need to go. And Peter finds out that they're not in the hotel anymore. He has removed her from there so that she can be away from all distractions. That afternoon, Peter faces another Brit in the tournament, and he plays like shit. And this was the only Brit that they thought might make it all the way, and uh, Peter is losing. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Lizzie and her dad are stuck in traffic. They argue about how he thinks she's still thinking about Peter. She's like, back off. She puts her headphones on. And then Peter's opponent twists his ankle during the match, gets up, tries to keep going, then we cut back to Lizzie pretending to listen to music, and her dad's like, what's the score? She says, match point, and then she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Peter wins, and then he goes and watches Lizzie's match. He wins not because he played well, <laughs> but because of a lucky, lucky break. Mm-hmm. That happens. He and Ron talk about what makes Lizzie such a good player. She isn't afraid of anything. Ron's like, most of us are scared all the time. Like right now, I'm afraid that if I don't tell you where Lizzie's staying, you're going to lose. But if I tell you, Lizzie's dad's going to fire me. And Lizzie wins, and Ron's like, here's where she's staying. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Peter's like, cool, you made a choice. He's like, yeah. And so Peter makes a choice to go there. After they go mm-hmm. to bed, he accidentally opens her dad's window yeah. before realizing it, hiding out on the terrace, and then going into hers. They have missed each other, but she's like, I need you to go. And then he convinces her to let him stay. <laughs> yeah. And they shag. 
Yeah. <laughs> shags her rotten. He shags her rotten, baby. Yeah. In the morning, he we kisses her awesome and leaves before she wakes up. It's semifinals day. During his set, the commentators talk about how the last time he faced his appointment, uh, appointment, <laughs> opponents, he was up two sets and then he choked. They talk about how choking can be instigated by the smallest things. Something just isn't right. And then we cut to Lizzie waking up, looking for him, but he's gone. She does her morning superstition, hitting her racket. One of the strings breaks. And then they cut it as if the games are happening at the same time. We see Lizzie not doing well and Peter doing very well. He takes a tumble and hurts his back. His dad is watching and his mom was hiding underneath the treehouse this time. (laughs) But now she comes up and watches. Peter gets up and pushes through the pain and wins the match. And his parents hug and kiss. (laughs) Yay. Lizzie loses. And she blames Peter. He just had to come find her when she asked him to stay away for a few days. He didn't even have the decency to stay the night. He only wants her to stay so she so he can screw her before the final. He's like, that's not the that's not why I'm here. And she's like, really, really? It's <laughs> like the only reason. It's like you didn't want it not even a little bit. He's like, no, liar. <laughs> I mean, I think... She says, suddenly, I see your pants have become ablaze. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think he's really thinking about it that like that. He just really likes being around her. Uh-huh. She, makes him, she makes him feel comfortable, and she makes him play better at tennis because he feels more comfortable with himself. Not necessarily because she's a lucky pair of socks. <laughs> she says the only thing he fell in love with this week was winning. She loves winning, too. But any other love means you lose at tennis. She's going to go home and work on her serve. As he's leaving, Peter sees her dad watching footage of the match and tells him she's dropping her arm too soon after the toss. Her dad rewatches and realizes Peter's right, but Peter's gone. Back at the hotel, Peter gets a massage and a pep talk from Dieter and Ron about how he needs to forget Lizzie. Love is shit, just like she said. Peter does not want to forget her and is feeling down. The doctor's like, look, dude, if you stay relatively immobile from now until the final, you might be okay. (laughs) Peter sees on the news that the comet is gone and can no longer be seen. He sneaks out of the hotel, um, drives past where Lizzie's staying one last time, then goes home to Brighton again. This time he finds his parents hot and heavy in the kitchen. I think it's this is his brother watching more porn in his parents' kitchen. I just realized, what episode was I listening to? It, oh, I was listening to the podcast, and it, I, man, and we talked about how Tony does not think people should have sex in the kitchen because it's a dangerous place. It's because Tony was coming It's a recent episode. I'll tell you what. It's a recent episode because, um, let's see. Uh, what is it? Fight Club? No. No, it wasn't Fight Club because that was a long one. I chose the shorter one of the two. (laughs) Because on Saturday, Audra sends me the following text message. (laughs) I'm with Tony. Kitchen is not a good place for any relations. It's not. And I said, I stand by my statement. It's a sexy room. And then she says, also, I like number two better, which we were talking about sequels. And I said that I liked Crocodiles on D2 better. Yeah. So we had to have been Everyone talking does. about it. I, I think it was during the Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee. Dundee. 
But they, they didn't have sex in the kitchen, didn't they? <laughs> no, but that might have been on the previous one. What was right before Crocodile Dundee? Yeah, Fight Club. Yeah. But they didn't no, have sex in the kitchen. It, I definitely it was, listened it was to Crocodile Dundee today. Oh, what was Rock... It was, I think it was Roxanne. They yeah, just start fuck fucking all over the house. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Unless it was Flash. I think matter. it might have been Crocodile Dundee. It doesn't matter. Either way, either way, don't fuck in the kitchen. Was it Holly Davis and the Marble Man? No. No. Was Transformers movie? Nobody... No, no one fucks during cartoon commercials. Nobody has sex in Harley Davidson in the Marlboro Man except for Virginia Slim. No, uh, uh, Harley does. Harley does. It's the opening scene. Yeah, that's that, true. They didn't have sex. Oh, they had that sex. Was <laughs> they that they was after. They had sex. <laughs> <laughs> that was after. We didn't see it. We don't know. We don't that know chick the was giving, That chick was giving him the well done, sir, as he walked out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bon Jovi. She's like, oh, up. by the way, what's your name? He's like, Harley. Harley Davidson. All right, no, we'll watch it again. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch okay. it. We'll clear this up. Anyway. All right, you can right. watch it. So Peter's parents are kind of going at it in the kitchen. They stop, and his mom makes him breakfast. Eggs and soldiers. I'd be like... <laughs> Just like in Harley Davidson. I need Marble you to Man, leave because we have to finish. <laughs> I don't know what Harley was making, but it wasn't eggs and shoulders. They had, like, cigarette butts and, and bourbon, and I don't know what the fuck he was making. That was for Marlboro. I think, it was to put it, I think it was to put it in his gas tank. Those definitely weren't the home run eggs either. No. No. So later his dad finds him in his room and they talk about how his parents seem to have rediscovered something that brought them together. They bonded over how much they love and are proud of and inspired by Peter. He's like, look, I know that it should be the other way around, but we have reconnected through watching you play tennis. And we're so proud of you. At dinner, his mom proposes a toast about how they should try to be better to one another. Peter pulls out tickets to the final. His dad is like, awesome, we're going to Wimbledon. <laughs> and his mom's like, no, we're bad luck, we can't go. <laughs> and he's like, look Just guys. Just fucking go, dude. Look guys, it's I'm it. going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> this is the last time I'm going to be at Wimbledon, you can fucking come. It's, I, you're not going to bring me any bad luck, I'm going to lose. But this is it, this is my professional yeah. career is over, and I want you guys to it's come. It's like your parents not coming to your wedding or something. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I wonder what that's like. Oh. <laughs> uh, the next morning, the whole staff of the hotel wishes Peter well <laughs> as he leaves for the match. They, like, stand and clap and talk about how it's like, so great to have an Englishman in the final. <laughs> Everybody's like, win one, win it for us. Yeah. Win it for the queen. We don't even like tennis, but this is so yeah. exciting. It's like when the Olympics are on and yeah. people get all into Everybody it. Cares about <laughs> Everybody's favorite sports well, like curling. I don't, what <laughs> is this really big tennis tournament in the UK? And I don't no, know. It's that, a really big in the world. But and she's saying in the UK, it takes place And I don't here. think there's very many English or Winners. people <laughs> from the UK that win very often anymore. Like, if you think of win- women's tennis and the Williams sisters have dominated for, de- uh, what, a decade? More than mm-hmm. that, I think. <laughs> and apparently, they used real tennis players to play yep. against them. And they interviewed, was it Maria Sharapova? Maria Sharapova. And but they said they didn't want her in the movie because she and Kirsten Dunst looked a little too much alike. Um, she would have been a great. And person then she to, went to on to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she had been great for like her stunt double. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, someone who actually could play tennis. Not that Kirsten Dunst can't play tennis, but not like that. So let's <laughs> like see. That. The 2022 winner for men, Australian. 21 was Italy. Canceled for COVID. 2019, Swiss. 2018, South Africa. 2017, Croatia. 2016, Canada. Canada. 2015, Switzerland. 
2014 Swiss, 2013 Serbia. Andy oh. Murray won in 2012 for the UK. Yeah. Woo, so and it's then been a while. <laughs> 2011 Spain, All right, 2010 can we not Czech, do this? 2009 mm. USA. Uh, Switzerland is fucking killing it. Uh, some <laughs> more Spain, some more USA. Power like, Tennis and cheese, man. They got it on lock. And army knives. <laughs> in 2000, Watches. 99, Watches. 98, 97, and... 95, 94. Okay. That's all. It's all USA. All right, great. It's Pete Sampras. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great. That's enough. Thank you for that. Moving but, on. But Brits don't win very often, apparently. No. And perhaps don't even make it into the final very often. It's very exciting. So, anyways. Yeah, it's it bad when you have like... the biggest championship in the world and your people can't win it. Mm. <laughs> seems so like every really That's why we don't win anywhere in the other countries the Super Bowl. Exactly. Every we're, we're guaranteed to win. <laughs> in the UK is on and showing footage of Wimbledon and talking about how there's finally a Brit in the final. Lizzie and her dad are trying to go to the airport and they just cannot escape this news story that's happening today, the Wimbledon final. And her dad's like, look, I love you, but I can't turn off every TV in this country yeah. because you don't want to see it. She goes for a walk and he, he wants to watch it, so he's watching it. Uh, Peter is discussing why he thinks he's done so well this time. He's like, look, I had some luck against the Brit because he twisted his ankle. He, so he that's why he lost. He should have beat me, but he hurt himself. That's why I'm still here. But that's not the what's made the biggest difference this tournament. The biggest difference is love. And she's like, love of tennis? And he's like, no. <laughs> And he's like, look, I've read the papers, and they all seem to imply that Lizzie let me down in some way, but that's not what happened. I let her down. I'm very sorry. And she is why I'm here today. And uh, as then he goes to prepare for the match. And her dad comes to find her and say, I think you need to watch something. And she's like, I am watching it. So they see that... He loves her. <laughs> For now. So. Now they end up together in the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dieter's like, you got this dude. And he's like, no, I don't. But cool. <laughs> they walk out onto the court. Or they're like in the, I don't know what they call it. The, the tunnel. The tunnel. Okay. They have a moment. Yeah, and buddies. Jake's like, look, I tried to warn you about Lizzie. And then he's like, how's your weak back? And Peter's like, it's fine. How's your weak mind? And then everyone assumes Jake's going to win. He's only lost one set the entire tournament. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> one shit. Yeah. Peter has the Was same ball Thanos? boy again. They have a little moment. The he's, first serve. He's 24. <laughs> Peter drops his racket, trying to hit it back. And everybody kind of laughs. And he's like, oh, the ball boy gives it back. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to need that. The second serve, Peter hits it, but it doesn't go over the net. The third serve hits the ball boy. And apparently, Jake has a serve that is the fastest in the world. 144 miles an hour. Hits this ball boy in the face. Ooh. <laughs> just a little kid, too. This really that must have stung like a motherfucker. <laughs> and he's like, I am going to beat this motherfucker, but he doesn't. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to show you. And then they play like, he's like, okay, maybe I won't. <laughs> Like, like you're shit. really better than I am. <laughs> the game goes on, and, and Jake is just decimating him. Then it starts to rain, and the game gets delayed. 
They get Peter to go back in because at first he's just sitting on the court. They're like, dude, you got to move. <laughs> well, they got to cover the, they got to tarp the grass. Yeah. yeah. So they get him to go back in and Lizzie is waiting for him in the locker room. They talk a little bit about how he's having a rough day and he apologizes. And she's like, don't apologize to me. I love you. Apologize to those people out there who are watching you and hoping that you're going to win and you're playing like shit. I love you. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> she loves him. They hug. Tony goes, they're not going to bone back here. <laughs> no. Yeah, they might. I mean, he needs that juice, you know? <laughs> he's like, real quick. Yay. And she's like... You just got to win. And he's like, but I'm so tired. She's like, so? Get a second win. He's like, my legs hurt. And she's like, I don't care, dude. <laughs> so he's he's like, and his serve is impossible. And she's like, no, it's not. You just got to read it. He tells you everything when he serves. You just got to watch him. And then she explains to him the tells in Jake's serve. Peter heads back out to the court Everybody is just out there like, is he coming back? Did he run away? The game has restarted, and they're just waiting for him. There had to have been a certain amount of time before he gets back out there. Jake's getting pissed. When when the game restarts, you have a certain amount of time. Do you get back? They have to have a time limit. Yeah. Because it's like, well, what if we had to, you know, drop a deuce or have some sex? You gotta, you gotta. I don't think they delay the game for sex. (laughs) Delayed on account of sex. And if you have to drop a deuce, then you just poop in your pants. (laughs) You're wearing white. (laughs) You don't poop in your pants or wibble. I think you just poop in your pants. No, I don't think you do. Would call a timeout for you. Dieter said. (laughs) Dieter said shit exactly the same way. (laughs) Which I don't think is in his pants. I'm gonna. I'm not looking it up. Has anyone ever shat their pants I've at Wimbledon? I've never watched no. Wimbledon, so I don't really know how tennis it goes down. It's like golf. But... <laughs> I'll tell you what. Tennis is super boring to watch. Um, it's okay to play. I like playing tennis. I'm terrible at it, but I'm terrible at everything. So Me too. There's very few sports I'm actually good at. Oh, uh, you put my ass in putt-putt today. This facts. But... Mine too, so I can't say anything. It rarely happens. I thought I was going to get it. I'll be all braggadocious about it. <laughs> but, yeah, we were very close. Very close. All right, let's not talk about it. Then you got the but, fucking hole in one. But anyways, I'm not bitter. I'll tell you what. Cheating ass. But, I also <laughs> think, but this makes a good, uh, back sports movie, sports makes great backgrounds for movies. Mm-hmm. I like a good sports romantic comedy. Golf, dry white toast. But give me a romantic comedy. <laughs> Put a little Kevin Costner in there. Yeah, but Some not donuts. even that. But Adam Sandler, Happy Gilmore, well, into it. On top and Ma- <laughs> the Legend of Bagger Vance, great movie. I don't even fucking care. But you give me Matt Damon and Charlize Theron and an unrequired love story, I'm in it. <laughs> baseball. Baseball, super boring. And yet. And Lane's yet. favorite movie, 61. 61, great movie. Major League. Major kind, League. Kind of a romance. Major League's great. Kind of. But even Field of Dreams, Bull Durham. <laughs> what was it? There was that one with um, no. What was it? The rookie about um, with, back with Dennis Quaid. No, there was one with Dennis Quaid. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Where he went. <laughs> anyway, I, I saw a thing about uh, the other day about Major League. You saw Kevin Costner's thing. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, <laughs> I, I saw this nice. thing about Dennis Quaid. I seen better. But uh, <laughs> there was a thing about Major League, and um, they said that uh, the record for fastball at the time. 
they made major league was 98 miles an hour uh-huh. and charlie sheen was throwing 96 mile an hour pitches in that for real uh-huh. and they're like because because there was a big thing about how everybody in major league sucked mm-hmm. at, at like actual sports and except for like a couple of them were okay and so they kept talking and talking, and, they were, and then finally they were like, so how are you throwing these so fast? He goes, oh, I'm using steroids. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I didn't want to look bad in the movie. So he's, he was taking steroids so he could throw that fast. And they're like, oh, well, okay, I mean, Good we, didn't say, like, we didn't say you couldn't, I guess. So. But, <laughs> like tiger blood. Yeah, tiger blood. But the replacements... Give me a good romantic Little comedy. Giants. Varsity Blues. I'm saying. Remember the Titans? But Actually, is, sports, there, a, is there a sports movie that isn't romance involved in it? Remember uh, Little Giants. I haven't seen that. Any kids one. It's a kids Most, movie. Well, not a little kids movie. What about that one the with Sandra Bullock? The Blind Side. That's not a romance. Yeah, they do it, it at the end. I don't know. I, I I've never, never seen, seen that one. I don't think they do it. He's a high schooler, isn't he? I, I didn't see that. That's why you're blindsided. That's one of those white savior movies. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there are sports movies that are not romance. There just tends to be some romance. Uh, in, well, even in um, A League of Their Own, there's kind of a... No. Is Tom Hanks going to get with one of them? Are they going to work it out with their husbands? Kind of a There weird... was a romance. <laughs> Gina Davis was not cheating on her husband. Tom, with Hanks, Tom Hanks and Gina Davis fell in love in that movie, and she, she did the right thing and went home to her husband <laughs> because she realized she could love this man, and he realized he loved her because she was good at baseball, <clears throat> but she really loved her husband, <laughs> Bill Pullman. Right. <laughs> Let's finish this up. All right. So Peter heads back out to the court, and he reads the serve. He he does well. The ball boy is back. And honestly, Bill Pullman and Tom Hanks, Bill Pullman. <laughs> he's better. He's better looking. I mean, President of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> the cameramen see Lizzie as she joins the crowd. Everybody gets into his comeback as Peter continues to do well. Even Lizzie's father is cheering for him from the plane. Would have been funny if they told her she had to leave because she didn't have his ticket. Yeah. And she sat on the, on the steps. Like, uh, gotta go. The usher dude was like, yes, you're right there. <laughs> you're a famous tennis player. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like they looks good to have all him. the people who are playing in Wimbledon can go to any yeah, of the guess, matches. Yeah, 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 We've seen them something. kind of stand yeah. Yeah, where she's sitting and watch multiple matches. I guess as long as they're not in anybody's way. Who cares? Um, Looks good for the camera. The schmucks who had to pay. And especially if they're dating. You know, yeah, then they get more press, plus, maybe. Plus, it's a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it, is, it is a movie. That's that, true that math checks yeah, out. Yeah. It is a movie. So they tie it up. Then Jake gets a lead again. Then they tie again. Jake does two serves that don't make it over the net. And now Peter can get ahead. He's getting tired. A phone rings loudly. He's getting tired because he's never had to play this long. <laughs> he yeah, beats everybody right? in like five minutes. Oh, yeah, Jake. He's, he's like straight sets. Yeah. He's never had to play this long. Whoa. The phone rings loudly in the quiet arena, and it's Ron's. And he answers it. I love how Ron has both flags because he represents both these yeah. players. <laughs> he's like cheering them on. Welcome back to the podcast, The Ringtone from Love Actually. So the ringtone from... Jurassic Park 3. Mm-hmm. Did we do that movie? No. no. Okay, then. Welcome back to the podcast. I love actually. Yeah, I'm sure you No, can. you can't. That movie sucks. Well, I mean, I mean that means we could do it. <laughs> That's can't the criteria. Do it it's good. <laughs> they oh play God. some more, and Peter gets a point. They will do a fifth set. Then we have a montage of gameplay mixed with phone betting and updates on the game. Eventually, the score is five games to four, and they're headed to a final set. 
They do a changeover, and Jake shoulder checks Peter as they walk past one another. They begin playing again. Peter quickly gets two points. Jake gets one. The commentators really like to talk about how someone is choking or breaking. Did you play some? I thought I heard no. music. I might be crazy. Yeah. But Check's they just keep talking about how it's so easy to choke, and and he's probably going to choke, and he, he has a tendency to choke on big points. and. We choked before, so. Yeah. Um, so we see Peter going, thinking to himself, don't choke, don't choke, don't choke. He gets another point. It looks like he wins, but the side judge calls the ball out. Everybody in the place is like, it was in, it was in. They uh, they saw the chalk fly up. It was on the line. Too bad. Peter is adamant, and the chair umpire is like, look, dude, it was too close for me to overrule. you got to just keep playing. He's like, but this is such an important point. I'm not going to keep playing. This is bullshit. And he gets he issued a warning. He said it's bullocks. <laughs> bullocks. It's not bullocks. Bullocks with so. Sandra's. They give him a warning for unsportsmanlike conduct, and he has to go back and play again. Peter serves into the net. Ah, shit. Looks like he's choking. Got the yips. <laughs> he Been hears there. all these people in his head. He's looking around the crowd. He sees Lizzie. He slows down. He serves, and he wins. He gives his racket to the ball boy, then runs and hugs his family, then runs to Lizzie and hugs her. There's so much he wants to say to her. Elaine was crying. Were you? <laughs> she, she had to. I was not. He was giving me in case I had the vapors, but I, I was very into it. But I she didn't. I, I, I didn't cry. The there were, there were no actual tears. The vapors. Eyes are welling up. I'm not crying. Mm. We zoom out all the way until the Earth is a tennis ball. Then it gets hit, and we zoom all the way back in to the future New York. Really, these fuckers moved to New York City to play tennis. Fuck off. I mean, that's where it, the other day it looks like the globe turns and zooms back New York into City. New York. <laughs> well, at this point, the point where we see them in the future, they're both retired. Yeah, yeah. she has... Um, they have two kids. She, They have two kids. <laughs> she has two kids. We assume they're from him. Since I watched it the other day, I started tearing up real bad, and you started making fun of me. You remember? Shit, no, I don't. Dirty dozen. No. I was watching something the other day and just bawling. I can't. And I was like, was. "Are you crying?" <laughs> <laughs> no, shut up. Like, You're I crying. Stupid I can't remember what it was. Uh, I was watching some John- Superman. Was it Superman? Superman? Oh yeah, I cry. <laughs> I, I cry when his dad dies. I always feel so bad because he's like, I had all those powers and I couldn't save of, him. In Man of Steel? No, no, it was it was the original Superman. Oh, okay. <laughs> Christopher Reeves, Superman? Man Steel is dead. Oh, yeah, Kevin Costner dies in that. Sorry. The tornado ate him. The expert. Dude, she'll cry. I, <laughs> I forgot about that. No, I, did, I, did, tornado. I did rewatch Man of Steel. Yeah, I should do Twister. Good movie. Mm. So right. he did take a job at a club, but not working with old ladies. He works with kids, inner sure. city kids, teaching them how to play tennis. Sure. He and Lizzie are married. They have two kids. He had been so afraid that his life would be over when he retired from tennis, but it turns out it was just the beginning. Also, Lizzie did win the U.S. Open and Wimbledon twice. The end. All right, John. Hit yes. me. <laughs> I like take, that. Take a while, take a while Lisa. <laughs> Carly probably can't take a hit. <laughs> I don't think I can ever actually hit Carly. Nobody's hit me since I was 16. <laughs> no one's hitting Carly. In um, a minute, Chael. My favorite character is Paul. Is that, is that Peter. Peter. <laughs> Paul Bettany. <laughs> Peter. 
Peter. Peter, Paul. It's like one. Peter, Paul, Mary, whoever. Uh, my least favorite character, I'm going to go with uh, Jake from State Farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Asshole. He sounds hideous. Yeah. He deserved to get punched <laughs> in the face. Guy. Um, my favorite scene is when the dad comes to look for her and she's hiding. Like, and he's just missing her. And he's, can I get you some tea? A shot? You want to take a shot at me? <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite scene. Um, my favorite line is, you should change the sheets. Uh. <laughs> and my favorite tertiary object is Peter's car. Porsche. Oh, yeah. It's a nice one. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. nice one. It's a Porsche. It's a classic. I think it's a 60s Porsche. Mm-hmm. It's in the trivia what kind of Porsche Ownership. Oh. <laughs> and I'll maybe. If you like tennis <laughs> movies and... That's more than I thought. Yeah. If you like <laughs> tennis movies, this is a good romantic comedy for you. If you're into romantic comedies, there's much better stuff out there. Mm-hmm. But if you happen to dig tennis, sure, go ahead and watch it. There is I'm not mad at it. There. They're all kind of the same level. <laughs> I'm not mad at it, so. All right, tone to tone. Hitter. My favorite character was Dieter. Because mm-hmm. it's Jamie Lannister. Yeah, Tony loves him. <laughs> <laughs> least favorite character is Lizzie. Because I don't really care for Dunst. However her first name goes. Kirsten. 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 Christina. Kristen. <laughs> favorite line was, hit this one and I'll sleep with you. Because I thought it was funny. Oh, I like the, too bad you could have used the exercise better. <laughs> Favorite scene is also when the dad comes and they're playing around. And also, like I said, I liked it because I expected them to go into the the scene and it to be typical where the dad's going to beat his ass or be angry or something. He's like, no, she fucks who she wants, you know. Like, you're and I was fucking like, up her game. And I was like, well, that's cool. That, yeah. you know, I don't care if she wants to fuck you, yeah. but you're fucking up her game. <laughs> It's never like a deal, you know, it wasn't a deal. Like in every other movie, it would have been a whole... It's like, like, I kind of like you. whole thing, yeah. <laughs> so she's an adult, whatever. Yeah. Uh, favorite tertiary object is John McEnroe. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I liked it. It was all right. All right, Elaine. Um, my favorite character is Peter. I love Paul Bettany. He's so wonderful. Okay. My least favorite character is Jake. <coughs> Not because he's terrible, but just because there isn't really any good options. Um, like the dad isn't bad no. and, um, and the agent is kind of slimy, but at the same time, John he's pretty entertaining and he does do his best to help Peter. Um, I mean, Jake's just a wanker. So there we go. <laughs> uh, my favorite line is, oh God, you really are a, wank- a wanker. And then, uh, Carl says, harsh, but fair. Uh, my favorite scenes are all the stuff, all the interactions he has with his family. So I like all the interactions between Peter and Carl, all the interactions where we see his mom and his dad, his dad in the treehouse. So eighth it's, of the movie. I just I just like all of his family stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I thought that was the most fun. It was like the funniest part. His dad cooking the rabbit that yeah. was eating the mom's, mom's vegetables. Lettuce, yeah. <laughs> and my favorite tertiary object is the treehouse because it was pretty cool. Um, I think this movie is a good time. I enjoy it. I am happy. When they get together, I am happy that she loses and he wins because it's that little bit of an underdog story. Um, I just, I like it. And I think they it's well-suited. And it's a good romantic comedy when the sports is, it's a good, it's something different. It's not football. It's not baseball or hockey or cutting edge. That's a good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> not a lot of bowling romance movies. No. Kingpin. Yeah, but it's on. Oh, no, um, I don't. Did you forget about Kingpin? Play a song. Treat your mother right. I don't care. Play a song. 
But uh, I really enjoy it, so I'll give it a yay. All right. My favorite character, also Peter. <laughs> My least favorite character, I picked the commentators. Not because mm-hmm. they were bad, but because it is a very quiet sport and they just keep talking about how they've all choked so much in the past. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're just fucking with these people's heads. Um, it was Chris Everett and John McEnroe. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene, I liked... The times that they are introduced, which there are three. <laughs> I just liked the way they interacted with each other all three times. I thought that it was just like they seemed immediately comfortable with each other, immediately bantering, immediately, you know, and I just enjoyed that. Uh, my favorite line was, there's so much I want to say to you. And she says, I'm not going anywhere. And he says, oh, yes, yes, you are. You're going a long, long way. And my fair tertiary object is going to be the flags. John <laughs> Favreau's two flags. He, <laughs> he so, keeps holding up the wrong one. He's waving the American flag <laughs> going, go funny. Peter! Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I will also yay it. I thought it was great. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> my backup line is when John Favreau's character tells him that uh, he's going to be the new sport spokesperson for Frito-Lay. They have a new chip. Surprisingly zesty. <laughs> which made me laugh. All right, Carly. All right. Well, please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast. You can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Elaine loves getting emails. What the fuck is this? Sweetie Todd. Shave a defense. I was going to play that. <laughs> oh. oh. But I was like, oh, no, I got it. Oh, oh that's terrible. And tune in next week. On the podcast for Elaine's birthday pick. So I've been going back and forth, waffling as hard, because most of the movies I like qualify for the podcast already. <laughs> and I don't really like big blockbuster movies. They're just not for me. Or not enough to really want to talk about. Like, I don't want to talk about a Marvel movie. Mm. Or anything like that. It's just too long. So, I've been going back and forth, and I'm going to go with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I really thought she was going to pick Twister. <laughs> no, but Tony looked. It's got a really bad audience score on the and Rotten Who Tomatoes, Framed Roger Rabbit. So Everybody like, loved it. Made all the money. Oh, it made a shit ton of money. It's also really good. Bob Hoskins. <laughs> it wasn't the bump. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Wait, it's Tony's favorite part. Do shave the face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah. Free on Disney Plus. Yeah. All right. Free on Disney. I love. I wish Wimbledon had been free because I did enjoy it and I would watch it again. I'm sure you can but, buy the DVD for two dollars. Yeah, next time you're at Walmart. Like, you can rent it for four dollars or you can buy it for like twelve ninety nine. Yeah. I was like, nah. I like it when it's like you can rent it for three ninety nine or buy it for five ninety nine. I yeah. will always buy it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would have bought it for five ninety nine, but not for twelve ninety nine. Sorry, I liked it, but not that much. 